God planned us for glory. Thank you. A very good morning to all of you. Well, we are so privileged to once again be able to study the word of life that gives us everything for our, for our success in this world. You know, God says, I have given you everything that you need for life and godliness. And so even today we can be able to uh, plunge into the word of God and, and, and receive the nuggets of uh, great value that come out from there. I want to read a scripture from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, which I read from the uh, God's Word translation. The Bible says here, you are partners with Christ Jesus because of God. Jesus has become our wisdom sent from God, our righteousness, our holiness, and our ransom from sin. And a little further, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible reads, However, we do use wisdom to speak to those who are mature. It is a wisdom that doesn't belong to this world or to the rulers of this world who are in power today and gone tomorrow. We speak about the mystery of God's wisdom. It is a wisdom that has been hidden with God from we speak about the mystery of wisdom. It's a wisdom that has been hidden, which God has planned for our glory before the world began. Not only of the rulers of this world, none of the rulers of this world has known it. If they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same, one, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And still in the first uh, book of Corinthians, verse uh, 1, verse 26, the Bible says, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, that are, so that no one may boast before him. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to come and listen and learn from your word. Lord, understand the greater mysteries that you have hidden in your word. So, Lord, we pray, may your spirit reveal to us today what you have brought to us, to every one of us, to every individual, Lord, your righteousness, your holiness, your redemption, your love and goodness. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that we can be here. And, Lord, we pray, may we be able to understand in a greater way the plans that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. When we read scripture, we are always uh, getting amazed about the many wonderful depths that God gives to us in his word. Now here, he, uh, uh, the apostle Paul addresses the people of Corinth, and he says, not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, to, not many were of noble birth or, or of a higher class, you know, these were the Corinthians, okay? The Corinthians were, of course, you know, as the name says, uh, people of Corinth. And Corinth was a, a city with two harbors, okay? One on one side of the uh, peninsula and another one on the other side. 
So it was a it was a industrial town. It was a commercial hub. Uh, they were not like the people of Athens who were really very, very highly educated and uh, enjoyed uh, all kinds of philosophies uh, on a daily basis. But this, these were ordinary people who were busy working in their everyday life. And so uh, the, the, the word of God addresses them uh, as people who are nevertheless chosen by God, okay? God is not dependent on just choosing the ones who have made it high in life, okay? God is saying that he is going to choose everybody, that he's going to uh, sometimes even choose the lowly to confound the, those who think. Now, what we are seeing here is an amazing revelation that God gives to us, and, and I want to take a bit of time to, to talk about that. You know, the Bible tells us here in the uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7, we speak about the mystery of God's wisdom, okay? Now, mysteries are things that are not known, okay? Thank God that we know everything. No, of course not. Yields some of these mysteries to us. Not that I'm saying that we know everything. No, of course not. But God has made some of the things that we could not have known, known to us, through his word. So God says that, uh, you know, we have this mystery that God has brought to us through, you know, the wisdom of God. It is a wisdom that has been hidden, which God has planned for our glory before the world began. And that's why it becomes uh, amazing, you know, because when we talk about the things that happened before the world began, then who really can compete uh, with an, uh, with, in a discussion about that? You know, we, we don't really know what has happened before the world began or before time began. And yet this is a terminology that God uses in his word uh, many times, okay? It's not just in this scripture, but in many other scriptures, uh, God speaks about uh, before what happened before the world began. For instance, in the second book of um, Timothy, chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning, from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So God decided that we should be able to have the grace of God that he decided from the beginning of time, even before anything was created. And, and, and that we should not, uh, you know, uh, just read over it. We should really take time to think through it, to appreciate it and understand it. Now, let me give you a little story. In 2003, two gentlemen started uh, a company they called Tesla. Tesla was an was a, a inventor but, uh, that didn't really get credited with many of the things that he did. So this gentleman decided to use the name of Tesla, okay, who was an inventor uh, who lived earlier, uh, and, and, and starts that company called Tesla Motors Company. Okay? Uh, that was in 2003. Because they didn't have enough money, uh, they went to a man called Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk had become a multi-multi-millionaire. Uh, today they call him the richest man in the world. And uh, he had a lot of money because he was the founder of PayPal, or one of the founders of PayPal. And I think those of you who are paying some things on the internet, you know what PayPal is. If not, it doesn't matter. Okay, so PayPal, uh, of course, became a, is, is a global company which a lot of people use to pay their, uh, their goods that they are getting from China or from any part in the world. So he, of course, had made a lot of money, and yet he was a South African, you know, entrepreneur who decided to go to the United States at one time and uh, start uh, building his own business. So in 2004, Five or 2008, five years after the founding in 2003, he became the CEO because he was the biggest shareholder. Okay, so today it's the biggest manufacturer of electric cars in the world. Okay, and I'm sure 
you know, one, one of these days you will see Teslas coming to, to Africa as well. I don't know how long that will take, but it will probably happen not too long from now. This week, earlier this week, or last week, whatever you call it, uh, they started, they opened a, a company in Germany that was announced barely two years ago. Okay, from the time of its announcement to the time of its opening was only two years. And that is a gigafactory, they call it. Okay, a huge, huge place in which they can be able to make 500,000, that is half a million cars in a year, eventually. Okay, imagine. And 30 people were privileged to be there who were able to, you know, be the first people who purchased their car and it was handed over to them. Now, why do I tell you all of these things? Okay, in two years, a factory was built. In these factories, cars are being manufactured, okay? And they're already, they already uh, you know, have manufactured a number of them and they have already even sold them and handed them over to the new owners, okay? Now, before the factory was built, there had to be plans for that factory. Okay, that's obvious, isn't it? Because you can't just build something of that magnitude without to do. And so they meticulous planning, going into every detail of what you are going to do. And so they planned this place, uh, this huge factory, which actually, at the time when, when this was conceived, was a forest, okay? It was a forest somewhere not very far from Berlin, uh, the capital city of Germany. And of course, there were a lot of uh, arguments about building a big factory in such a place. But eventually, he was given a green light, and he was very fast in finishing that factory. In that factory, of course, there was meant to be uh, you know, a huge assembly line. In fact, this company is building cars faster than anybody else. Just in a few hours, another car is finished. Okay, they have, uh, you know, uh, been able to make this, this process very, very fast and different from everybody else. But then, you know, even the product that is supposed to be produced in that factory had to be carefully planned. And of course, it was planned even before the factory was completed because it was already even manufactured in other places. Now, why do I tell you this? You know, I just want to use this as an illustration. And now it produces cars, okay? And whatever, you know, human beings produce is not like what God produces because when God produces, he produces for glory. He produces for, for a greater future. Everything that human beings produce, they come out shining from the factory and then begin to deteriorate. And eventually, you have, you know, had the time of their usefulness and they do away with them. Okay? In God's economy, it's very different. Now, the Bible tells us that there was also a before. Okay? Just like there was a before that factory was, uh, you know, conceived before that factory was being built, for that, before that factory, uh, you know, manufactured uh, cars. And of course, many people put their heads together in order to make it happen, you know, to make these things come to pass along the way. In the same way, but in a much higher, on a much higher level, there was a before the world began. Or the Bible also says before time began, okay? Before this world that we call our home was coming into being. And the Bible tells us in a powerful way that God was very much busy in that, uh, in that space before the world began, in that space before time began. Now, if there was no world okay, in which we live, and if there was no time uh, in which we measure our, our uh, duration, you know, where did God live? Well, God lived in his own, okay? 
God doesn't need this world to live because he's from everlasting to everlasting. He doesn't need time. In fact, he's the one who made time because time is required for us who are living in a three-dimensional space. Dimensional space. God lives in a space that we cannot even imagine. Now, we as human beings have tried to understand the world, and yes, of course, we have understood a lot of things. You know, uh, our scientists have gone back uh, to, to, you know, try and uh, dig out every fossil they can find. They have tried to go into uh, the, the history and the, the history of time, uh, the history of the universe, and they have found a lot of things, and, and that's very exciting. I like these kind of studies, okay? And, and every time they know more, they also know more that they don't know, okay? And sometimes, you know, they come up with certain hypotheses, and then after maybe five years, six years, seven years, 10 years, 20 years, they come to find out that what they thought would have happened did not happen. But because they come to find out new things that were not really something they were you know, conceiving, they were not having an idea that this could have happened in such and such a way. So, you know, we human beings, we are working backwards. But God does not work backwards, God works forwards. Okay? So he has been there from eternity. And really, I mean, if you cannot understand the concept of eternity, uh, you cannot be blamed because we don't understand eternity. Okay? No human being can understand what really eternity is all about, because it is limitless, it's without years, it has got no beginning, it has got no end. And the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, that means in the past, today, and forever, the same. Okay, so the Bible tells us here that God was, was you know, revealing this mystery of the wisdom of God, that wisdom that has been hidden, and that wisdom, in that wisdom, God planned for our glory. Okay? He planned for your glory, for my glory before the world began. Okay? As I said earlier on, you know, it's not, you know, the, the, the human manufacturing is always that when it comes out from the factory, it should be shining because the packaging is often more flashy than even the product inside. And of course it creates a lot of uh, trash in our world that we then have a problem to, to uh, do away with. God is not like that, okay? God produces and has planned for human beings who are made in his own image and in his own likeness and who are meant to be with him for all eternity to come. Now, that's amazing. You see, the, the scripture tells us that God has given us everything for life and for godliness. Everything that you have is a plan being brought into being that God conceived before the foundation of the world. So you are not an accident. You are not a coincidence. You are not a product of uh, people who didn't really want you. No, God actually thought of you. He wanted you. He knows every little detail about you. The Bible tells us that he knows even the number of hairs on our heads. Now, that's amazing, okay? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody has counted the hair on their head except those who have none, Okay? But even if you have none, you know, there are still the roots inside of your, of your head. So God knows every detail about us. And, you know, this is truly amazing. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 22, you know, this is a scripture that talks about the wisdom of God. And the wisdom is speaking, and, and the wisdom says, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deed, deeds of old, I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. So we can see that God did a lot of work before we came into being, before this world came into being. 
okay? In the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 1, you know, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, the Bible tells us, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So understand, once you become united with Christ, you are having access to every spiritual blessing that God has stored for us in the heavenlies. That's amazing. You know, they're, they're being released to, our, to, us, to us and our lives even before he has made the world, okay? So the world is our habitat. But before the habitat was made, God was planning for that who was going to habitate the worlds, okay? And that is you and me. Okay, so even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Hey, this is good, huh? God enjoys when we are coming to link up with him, when we are coming to be close to him, when we are coming to access the riches that God has made available to us. He, he enjoys that. That is giving him pleasure. Okay? And then it says here, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. You know, when we belong to Christ, then there is an open channel for blessings to flow inside of our lives. Okay? So actually, you don't need to come to God as a beggar. If you are really in Christ, you should understand that you are a son of the living God and God wants his blessings to flow through into your life unhindered, okay? That's what he tells us here, okay? It gave him great pleasure and we, 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 we have received the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his son. He is so rich in kindness and grace, and he purchased, purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and he gave, forgave us our sins. Okay? This is, this is marvelous. This is wonderful. This is powerful. You know, so let me go a little bit back. Unless the human products, okay, whatever we produce as, as, as human beings or whatever the things, the things are that you're buying in a shop, you know, they always look immaculate in the beginning. But then, of course, they begin their, their life cycle and, you know, whatever it is, it may live for a very short time or even a longer time, okay? That is very, very different. Actually, it's contrary of what God does because God has brought us into this world and, of course, he had to give us the freedom of God, okay, to make our own choice, to decide what we are going to do with our lives. And because he had to give us a freedom, we could also abuse the freedom, okay? I think we all understand that very clearly, maybe from our own lives or the, or, or the freedom that we give to our children. We know that freedom can be abused. And, and God knew that if man was to you know, walk in his footsteps, that man was to be holy and righteous like he is holy and righteous, that he had to have the freedom to make his own choice. God is love, okay? And love cannot be forced, otherwise it's not love. And that's why God gave a freedom to man to freely love him or even decide not to love him. That's up to us. So God decided that we should have that freedom. And because we had that freedom, of course we know it's very clear that man abused that freedom. And we turned our back to God. We thought we knew better. We did our own things. And we thought we didn't need God. That's why we are in the calamity of this world. You know, whatever happens uh, in this world, in terms of evil, in terms of trouble, in terms of disease, 
You know, everything is a result of that uh, fatal decision that human beings made uh, by choosing the wrong way, okay? Turning away from the living God. And of course, God before the foundation of this world who decided to have you and me being his creatures, you know, displaying the glory of God, he knew that this would happen. And because he knew that this would happen, he didn't only create us with all the abilities that we have, but he also created for us, that is Christ. He also decided to make sure that he would provide for our righteousness and our holiness because without righteousness and without holiness no one can see God so for us to be in the presence of God we needed to really you know see our sinfulness being turned around and forgiven you know our, 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 our failure and our sin needed to be forgiven and we need to become righteousness righteous and holy once again from the fall that happened in every human being's life, okay? Unfortunately, you may not have made that decision. You know, it was our forefathers who made that decision to turn their, their back to God. And of course, we have all done it. The Bible tells us that we have all gone astray, just like sheep go astray when they don't have a, a guide, when they don't have a shepherd. So we have all gone astray. But then God is not ending there. That's where he begins now with his work of salvation. And that is beautiful. So the Bible tells us that, you know, God is governing in wisdom that is far beyond us. Okay? He brought things into being that, you know, are not limited by our human brain or by our human ability. Okay? People who live in sin, they can't help themselves out of the ditch, okay? No one can do that. And so God decided that Christ would be the one who, once again, be what God wants us from eternity past, okay? Not just today. You know, very often when we have a problem, we cry to God and say, God, please come to my help and rescue me and, you know, do something in, on my behalf. And, and, and I want to make you understand that you don't need to panic because God has decided a long, a long, long time ago, even before the world began, even before time began, before he created anything that you can see or live in, he decided that he will give us his favor, that he will give us his grace, that he will give us his love, provided we give him chance, okay? He doesn't force anybody. Because he has given us a free will. But if we do, then through our believing, through our faith, like we have uh, studied last week, through our faith, we will gain righteousness. Not righteousness that we can manufacture, but God gives us his righteousness through Christ Jesus, his son. Okay? He gives us his holiness. So in other words, he begins to transform our life. And you know, God planned for our glory. Not yesterday, or day before yesterday, or even today, but God planned for your glory even before he created this world. So it's done, it's completed, it's, it's made totally perfect. And we all have to just access that which God has made available to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is a secret, okay? So there is no need for panicking in any way. Once you are in Christ, you can come to Jesus and you can access everything that God has made available to him. That's why Paul said to the Corinthians that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, okay? You cannot access it outside of Christ, but only through him and in him. Okay? In the book of John chapter 17, John chapter 17, 
You know, Jesus was praying just before he was going to the cross, carefully to what Jesus was saying, because basically he was talking to his Father in heaven, okay? The one who has sent him to come into this world to be our Savior, to be the one who would bring us back to the good plan of God. And so he says, you know, uh, John chapter 17, verse 1, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Okay, that's not a political hour, by the way. Okay. That's the hour of Jesus, not, not, not one of the hours that we have tried to fashion about. You know, because that hour has passed, but God's hour is there. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Okay, so the father and the son were always in a very close relationship. And of course, most of the prayers that Jesus prayed, we don't know. Okay? Because every, every day, Jesus was consulting his father. Because Jesus said, I, the son can do nothing unless the father tells him. Unless the father authorizes him. Okay? But this time, he gives us an insight of what he prayed. So he says, glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Okay, so Jesus is asking for something, not to keep it for himself in a selfish way, but actually to return it back to God again. Okay? For you have given him authority over everyone. Okay, so Jesus says that he has been given authority by the Father over everyone, okay? The good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly, everyone, okay? He gives eternal life to each one you have given him, okay? God has brought Jesus into this world to bring eternal life back into this world. You see, originally God created us for eternity, Okay, But God also told us, should we disobey him, should we turn against him, should we sin and do uh, not keep his command, then we will surely die. So death was only a result of sin. You know, the wages of, of sin is death, as the Bible tells us. But original. So not just uh, living 50, 60, 70, 80, or even 100 years, but live for eternity. And, and Jesus says, he gives eternal life, that is Christ, gives eternal life to each one you have given him. So in other words, everybody who has responded to the good news will be given new life. Amen? And this is the way to have eternal life. Okay, a lot of people try to find you know, a longer life, better life, uh, hopefully even eternal life. You know, all the religions are about this idea, you know, to, to, to find a way uh, into, uh, you know, eternity. But Jesus says, this is the way to have eternal life. Very simple, okay? For too many people, it's too simple. They want it to be complicated. But Jesus said, this is the way to eternal life. To know you, that is, to know the Father, and the, 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 the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you have sent. Okay? As simple as that. This is eternal life. This is how you are plugging in. Okay? Uh, we all have sockets in our home, and if you have an implement that you want to power, all you need to do is just take the plug and plug it into the socket. Am I right? And the moment you plug into the socket, power is there, light comes on, power comes on, music comes on, depending on what you are plugging in. Okay? You just have to connect. And this is exactly what Jesus tells us here. This is the way to have eternal life. Okay? To know you, that means you know where the socket is, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you have sent to us. Okay? Once we know that, then things are simple and easy.
And then Jesus continues with his prayer. He said, gave me to do. Okay? And he says, I have completed for what you have sent me. Okay? I have been sent with a certain commission on my life and I have finished my, my, my work. And he says, now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Okay? That tells us, you know, Jesus left the glory of God. The Bible tells us that he took off his divine garment and became a human being just like us. He walked in this world as a human being. He walked in a fallen world in order to bring salvation to the fallen world, in order to help people to gain confidence, to know Jesus as their savior and know their father who has created them even before the foundation of the world with great and wonderful capacity. Okay? All of us, we are here for that reason. So he says, now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. So in other words, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they were together. They were planning together, and they were in that wonderful glory together. Okay? But even then, they had planned that Christ would have to come into this world to undo what the abuse of mankind would bring. You know, the sinfulness and the fallen world that has been the result of man's uh, walk away from God. Of course, God also knew that there was an enemy who was tempting them and that they would listen to that temptation. Now Jesus continues and he says, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me for, from these worlds. Okay? Jesus says, I have revealed you to the people you have given me in these worlds. And you know, he has done it while he was here in person, but he's still doing it today through his words. Okay? In every generation, he's revealing himself to us as the son of the living God. And that's a power, that's very powerful, that's wonderful. Okay? And then respond to his love and the ones who wouldn't. And so he says, they who responded, they were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now that's very important. They have kept your word. Because you see, it's the word that is access to the riches of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus came into this world or that Christ came into this world and of course he was born and named Jesus as a human being. Okay? Christ was eternal. He is the son of the living God but he became human just like us. And he walked on this earth as Jesus but he was the Christ, the eternal Christ, okay, in order to bring us life and to bring us all the treasures of God, the blessings of God, the, the destiny of God into our, into our vicinity. And so Jesus says, you gave them to me, they have kept your words. And you know, this is really important that we keep the word of God because in the word of God, we have the fullness of grace and truth. In the word of God, we have the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the redemption of God. Okay? We read in the beginning, Jesus has become our wisdom sent from God. Okay? Our righteousness, our holiness, and our ransom from sin. All that is in Christ. He is accessible through his word. Not anywhere else, but through his word. And let's not forget that. Jesus is not only accessible, you know, he is actually, Jesus was praying this prayer just before he went to the cross and finally completed what the plan of God was for him to be in this world. He had lived, he had ministered, 
He had given hope to people. He had given life to people. He had healed people in his life. And that's what he did when he went to the cross, just after that prayer, which is found in the book of John chapter 17. So God elected Christ to be our righteousness, as we have clearly seen from his word. Okay, God is not in the business to make things that deteriorate. Okay, God is in the business of doing things that last forever, that are made for glory, that are made like he is himself. So God is calling us, okay, to exercise our free will, to exercise our faith. And God has given everyone the ability to trust in him, to believe in him, okay? And when we exercise that faith, then we have access to all of the things that God has given to us in a wonderful way. So only by revelation do we conceive all the things that God has done, and especially conceive and understand and experience his love. Now let me go back to uh, 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and I want to read up to verse 11. The Bible says, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Hey, this is powerful, isn't it? So in other words, our natural, you know, uh, ability of, you know, seeing, hearing, thinking, cannot be able to penetrate into the, into the world of God. It's not possible. We cannot conceive what God has prepared. And that's why it is important that we come to Christ because our natural eyes that we cannot hear about, it's our natural ears that we cannot even think about in our minds. Now, our eyes are made by God and they are made wonderfully and beautifully well, okay? If you look at the human creation, it's absolutely magnificent how God created us. But you know, you know uh, our eyes, our ears, our mind is made for this planet Earth, for this habitat in which we are in. It cannot be able to enter into the world of God. And that's why we need to have the way given to us how we can be able to access. And that's what the word of God says. Okay, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So God has prepared for something for you and for me who love him. Hey, are you, are you aware of that? Okay, something that you cannot think about, that you cannot see with your eyes, that you cannot hear with your ears, but God has prepared something powerful for each and every one of us. Okay, beyond our human ability to catch or to conceive. So God says that we are going to have access to the things that God has, has, has uh, given us access to. Let me go back to the scripture. God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Okay? So in other words, there are things that you are privileged to know, things that you are privileged to understand, things that you are privileged to access that the world cannot understand. You know, that's sometimes a challenge that we have. You know, you speak to somebody who doesn't have any, any link with Christ, who has never heard and seen anything about the, the, the supernatural life of God, and you're trying to explain to him. And if they just take it from the natural point of view, they're saying, ah, oh, you are crazy. You, you don't know what you're talking about. It's the contrary. They don't know what you're talking about because they are blind to the things of God, okay? So the things of God can only be seen, can only be understood, can only be heard, okay? When 
our heart is transformed. When we have the Spirit of God who lives in us, who gives us the power and the ability to conceive, to receive, to understand. God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Now the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So in other words, if you want to know the deeper things of God, uh, you, cannot, you cannot find out through science. You cannot find out through digging some holes in, the, in, the, uh, you know, in, in places where you find maybe some, some leftovers from a, from a past world. You know? Archaeologists are doing that and they're finding a lot of things and nothing wrong with that. But you will not find the kingdom of God. You will not find the wisdom of God that way. Okay? You will only find it when you have the Spirit revealing it to you. And the Spirit reveals it to us when we come to life in Christ. You see, this is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was told by Jesus that you must be born afresh. Okay? And Nicodemus said, how do I get born afresh? You know, how, how do I, can I go back to my mother's womb and be born a second time? And, and Jesus said, no, 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 you're not understanding. And I'm not talking about flesh and blood, okay? Because even if you would go back to your mother's womb, you would still come out flesh and blood, okay? But what he was talking about was being born by the Spirit, okay? And he says, if, unless if you are born in that way, by the Spirit, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. That means you have no access, you have no ability you have no, no organs that give you the ability to, to catch what, what God has actually made available to, to you, okay? So it's only through the Holy Spirit and it's only through revelation. So that's why it is so important that we have that relationship with Christ in the Spirit. So the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among Man knows the thoughts of a man except man's spirit within him. Okay? Now, you're all sitting here and you have all got your thoughts and, and I don't know what you're thinking. Okay? Maybe you're thinking, Pastor should stop now. Okay? I don't know. Or maybe you're saying, hey, this is great, continue. <laughs> okay? I don't know. I cannot know what you're thinking. And, you know, somebody may smile at you and meanwhile... He is not your friend, <laughs> okay? Somebody may, may not be in a good mood, but still more, he, he loves you or she loves you. You understand? So, you know, you cannot necessarily see what is going on in somebody's mind. Neither can we see what is going on in the mind of God, okay? So only the spirit within us can be able to understand what is really going through our mind. And you know, there are a lot of things that go through our mind which we don't want to share with anybody. Am I right? There are so many things that we would not, not, rather not tell anybody because maybe they were not necessarily something that uh, we would make friends with. Now, God says, just like we cannot know what is going on in the mind of a human being, we can even less, far less know what is going on in the mind of God. So for us to know what is in the mind of God, we must have revelation. Okay, and that revelation comes through the Holy Spirit. Now, God has revealed it to us in this book called the Bible. Okay, it's very, very powerful. There's so many revelations, but yet there are many people who read it and don't understand it anyway because this book needs to become alive. The word is called the Logos. Okay, the Logos is the written word. But then there is also another word which means the word as well, but it's not the written word, it's the spoken word. That's the rhema, okay? That means that word becomes indwelled by the spirit and becomes alive to you. And that's exactly what must happen, you know? If we just read the, 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 the word without the revelation of the spirit, then it's just logos. And the Bible tells us the letter kills, but the spirit makes alive, okay? And that's what we require. We need to have the spirit who brings everything to life, who gives us understanding, illumination, you know, light, 
about the things of God that God has prepared for us. Paul writes to Titus, one of his uh, spiritual sons, and he says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I've been, I've been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. Okay? This is the book that shows us how to live a godly life. Okay? God reveals it to us by making that locus become a rhema. That means become alive inside of our heart and mind so that we can live according to the will of God. And now he has made all of, his, all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of to life and immortality through the good news. Okay? So, uh, let me read again from verse 2. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. Okay, God does not lie, and he promised before the world began that he will give eternal life to everyone who believes in Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. Amen? Everyone who accesses Christ through faith, okay, who is our righteousness, who is our wisdom from God, who is our holiness, who is our redemption, all of this comes to us. And now... At just the right time, he has revealed this message and our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. Okay? So God says very clearly that God promised all of that which he has prepared for us before the world began. Who did he promise it to? You are not there. You are not created at, at that particular time. You were created by God you were on the blueprint of God, but we were not in, in, in flesh and blood. Okay, so how did he promise it? Well, he promised it to himself. You know, God made a promise, and God makes a statement. He cannot lie. Okay? What he says is true. So, I've been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. Okay, this is what we are doing here. Okay, to learn how to live godly lives. To receive illumination, not what the eye can see and the ear can hear and the mind can understand, but what the Spirit reveals to us through Scripture, through the Word of God. Okay? And then, don't forget... God is not going to change his mind. You know, some people have uh, said God is going to do this and this and this, and then when it didn't happen, he says, no, God changed his mind. No, God is not changing his mind. You just didn't know what you were talking about. Okay? So God has promised. Okay? God has promised. Before the world began, he promised it to himself. You know, God promised in the presence of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we will bless those who come to us by faith. And if you come to Jesus Christ and access him by faith and you, 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 you live by faith and not by sight, then the promise becomes reality in your life. The destiny that God has made for you will become reality in your life. So we belong to God, and to him we are accountable. God, whatever we wish, no, we should learn to understand that God has given us all these things, but we have also to give an account for everything that he has allowed us to access through his grace and mercy. Let me just read to you from the book of Romans, chapter 14, and verse 7. 
For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. Okay? Actually, your life is not just your own decision. Okay? You hear some, some people are saying, it's my life, I can do with it whatever I want. Yeah, you can, but uh, whether there is a benefit at the end of the day, that's a different question. Now, God says that our life, we don't live it to, our, to ourselves alone. And even when we die, we don't just die to ourselves alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Praise God. That means death is nothing to fear about for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that, we might, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Praise God. Thank God we are alive today, all of us. But we have lost many friends who have gone ahead of us, isn't it? Who have died. And, you know, that's why, because when somebody dies, they think this is the end. No, actually, we know that our God is the God of the living and the dead. Okay? It's just a different position. It's just a different uh, compartment in which we are. But we are still living to God. That's what the Bible clearly reveals to us. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat as it is written. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Okay? So God has planned you individually. Okay? He didn't just plan, you know, uh, uh, this nation and the other nation and the other nation. He planned every one of us meticulously in great detail. He knew what kind of person you should become. And unfortunately, not all of us have become what God wants us to become. And that's why we need to go back to Scripture so that really that which he planned for us can unfold and we can be what he wants us to be. So God is challenging us that one day we'll be standing before him and we'll have to give, a, to give an account so judgment is not necessarily, you know, and this is what some people misunderstand. Judgment is not necessarily something that we have to fear. For us who are in Christ, we don't have to fear judgment. Except we have lived reckless life, okay? There is a judgment for those who have not been in Christ, and of course their judgment will be in the lake of fire, you know, away from God forever. But they have chosen but for those who are in Christ, you know, God judges us according to what we have been able to accomplish with the gifts and the talents that he has given to us. You know, uh, all of us are aware about that, that parable or that story that Jesus has been telling us in Scripture where there were three men who were, you know, working for a certain, uh, gave talents to each one of these three men. Okay. And the Bible says he gave them according to their ability. Now, none of them had the same amount. They, had all differently, they were all differently gifted. But they were able to have uh, a treasure according to their ability. And you know, that's very important. Every one of us has received according to our ability. So don't compare yourself with somebody else because you are not the other one. So therefore, don't look down on anybody don't judge anybody according to your own measurement. No, God judges according to isn't it? So, Jesus tells us that story of the man who was given the five talents, the other one who was given the two talents, and the other one who was given one talent. All they needed to do is use what God gave them and be faithful with that ability, with that talent, with that gift that God gave them. And the one who was given five 
He took the five, put them to work, and he gained another five. So in other words, whatever God gives you has the power to multiply, has the power to become a greater blessing. And so the other one who was given two also did the same, except the one who got one, he said, ah, what am I doing with this thing? After all, you know, my friend got two, the other one got five. So let me just dig a hole and hide it. Eventually, the master came back and they had to give an account. And every one of us, one day, has to give an account. Okay? It is not, the, the question is not whether you have been given a lot or a little, doesn't matter. What is important is that we are faithful with what God has given to us. And so God tells us, you know, the master came back, he asked the first one, okay, I've given you five, what have you done with it? And he says, oh, here I've gained another five. And the verdict of the landowner was, well done, good and faithful servants. Okay? Also put his talents to work and he gained another two. And the verdict was the same. Well done, good and faithful servants. Amen? We are getting blessings from above. Are you, are you hearing the noise? God is a good God. Maybe, maybe you saw the rainy season is over, but it's still coming. Okay, finally he came to the servant who had one talent. And uh, he said, oh, sorry, I have to dig a hole and bring it to you. So he dug that hole where he hid it and brought it back to him and says, here is what you gave me. And he says, you lazy servant, okay? You should have at least taken it to the bankers and got some interest. I've given you capacity and you have looked down on that capacity. You have not utilized what I gave you. And you know, that's very sad. So remember, God has given us so much. And he continues to give us his promised stance. He has promised to himself that he will keep on blessing us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. No one can take it away from you. Not even the devil can take it away from us. Okay? No enemy that is around you can take it away from you. It's only your own way of either responding or not responding. You know, you can decide to dig a hole and hide it until the master comes back. And then you will hear, you lazy servant. So don't worry if you think you have not been given as much as others have. That's, that's immaterial. Just use what God gave you. And you will discover that actually there is more than what you knew that he gave you along the way. Use what he gave you and utilize it and it will multiply and God will continue to bless you for your glory. Okay? If you have a neighbor, just tell your neighbor, God planned for your glory. Okay, we can't hear that enough. God planned for our glory before time began, before the world began. He made a promise to himself that he will bless us, that he will give us all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm according to his perfect plan. Not the plan like a human plan that brings a product that eventually deteriorates. No, but he brings about people who are going to be with him not just for time but for eternity to come because we are called to be part of his family. Like I've been reading in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance, okay, before the foundation of the world, to adopt us into his own family and bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do 
and it gave him great pleasure. So when you come to him, God rejoices. He has pleasure in blessing us and, you know, making sure that his glory will become our glory as well. Okay? So God planned for your glory, for my glory, for our glory, provided we are walking in faith with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so amazed how you have given us talents and abilities to discharge and bless others with it. So Lord Jesus, let us be like Christ who asked for the glory of the Father so that he could give it back to him again. And so, Lord Jesus, let your glory be manifest in our life so that we can be able to bring glory to you, so that your church can bring glory to all the wonderful things that you are doing and that you continue to do as you are leading us towards our destiny. Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you continue to do in each and every one of our lives. You mean well to us. You have a good plan for all of us. You have promised to yourself, and you cannot lie. You will keep your promise. If only we will access that promise by faith, accepting the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, that is Jesus Christ, our Savior, our righteousness, our redemption, our wisdom. We give you honor and we praise you. And may everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.